Hi, you guys. Welcome back to Finkter Therapy. So today we have a really awesome episode, but it is going to look a little bit different than in the past. Today I'm going to introduce you to a story from one of my clients rather than the client themselves. When my dad and I recorded this episode, we didn't realize that we were going to have to keep it anonymous just because of the sensitivity of the story that was shared and because other people were involved in that story. Um, So we do have to keep it anonymous. But instead of re-recording the whole episode, we just went through and bleeped out and removed any identifying information. Before I go much farther, I really want to say thank you to this client in particular. You know who you are. You have always been an inspiration and you're strong, you're resilient, and I know it's so hard to be vulnerable, especially when you know that your actions have hurt or affected someone that you love. So thank you again for letting us use just part of your story to help other people open up a vulnerable part inside themselves that they probably wouldn't have been able to otherwise. So thank you. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about our visual memory as humans, which starts developing around three to five-ish, versus our emotional memories, which starts developing much younger and affects how we process everything in our lives without us really even knowing it. This particular topic came up because my client and I, during our appointment, had discussed a really difficult time in their lives when they actually had to give up raising their child at two years old. And when my dad heard that part of our conversation, he really wanted to dig deeper into this concept that this particular child will probably never remember the actual trauma of being separated from a parent at two years old. But even at that young of an age, our brains are processing emotions and holding on to these emotional response memories and those underlying memories will affect will affect us throughout our lives our relationships our decisions our anxiety responses that we're not even in control of all of those things and we might not ever actually be able to pinpoint why we react to certain things the way that we do but a lot of the time we can tie those things back to something that happened to or around us between the ages of one to three when our brains aren't really holding on to visual memories yet, but they're significantly being shaped by our emotions and our visceral reactions that are pumping through our brains at that age. I know I've said way too much already, but I'm really excited for you guys to be able to listen to my dad dive a little deeper into this topic that literally affects every single one of us. I really truly believe this will be super helpful to most if not all of us. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Pink Chair Therapy. Hi, my name is Rebecca Hillard. And I'm Roger Hillerstrom. And this this is Pink Pink Chair Chair Therapy. Therapy. (laughs) Rugged though it Welcome back to Finger Therapy. If you have not been with us before, my name is Rebecca. This is my dad, Roger. Hi there. 
So today I'm gonna introduce you to one of my clients and dear friends. I did her hair a few months ago and we were able to film that appointment. So I know that you obviously watch this video. I'm super curious about where we're gonna go, but what exactly were you, yeah. what did you get from this? Okay, yeah, I, I love watching your interaction with your clients, first mm -hmm. off, and yes, so interesting. You just know lots of very interesting people. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, true. It's yeah. just great, yeah. But so, I was very interested in a story about her son, mm -hmm. all right? So I have some questions for you because you know the history and you, you kind of know that story. Right. Yeah, I do. Tell me a little bit. So he was born into a relationship, into a marriage where the father was not his biological dad, right? Right. And so how old was he when they divorced? I think he was about two. Okay. He was young. He was very little, yeah. yes. Yeah. Right. And since that time, has he had any contact with his stepdad? Stepdad, no. Okay. And how old was he when grandma and grandpa stepped in and parented him? It was very soon after the divorce. So he okay. was young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so there was a period of time between the time time they divorced and the time grandma and grandpa took over. Yeah. Right? And um, if I remember right, I think they all have together decided, uh, let's keep this going, even though is now married, has a family, etc. Uh -huh. They've decided that because of the transition in his age, it's probably best that for consistency he stays with grandma and grandpa. Right, because okay. yeah, because grandma and grandpa have been raising him essentially since he can remember. Right? Yes, so of he's course. very right. like I mean that's all he's ever known. Yep. So for them they decided was in a stable place with yeah. her life and her family. Right. Then it was but it was still was like why yeah why put him through this, you know trauma of right. transition oh, yeah. as That's a young yeah. kid, you know, right. when he's already kind of in a stable place. So they just decided to, he he will continue being raised by his grandparents. Right, yeah. Right? And they're loving, it's a warm, loving, yeah. nurturing family, etc. Yeah. Okay. Dozens of principles here that yeah. are great to talk about. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. So, because I'm thinking, all right, so what do we imagine about this boy? Mm -hmm. All right? Because he's been through a lot. Mm -hmm and doesn't even know it, you know, other than they probably tell him stories, etc. Okay. So, a couple of principles to keep in mind here mm -hmm. that I'm thinking are a part of all of our lives. We typically don't pay attention to it. Um, all of us have two sets of memories, okay? Okay. When I say, uh, tell me what you remember about XYZ, what you do is you go into your file cabinet in your brain and you come up with pictures and videos right. and things that you call memories. Okay, yes, I remember Uncle Herman. He looked like such and such. Or I remember this event. It happened like this. Okay. And so we have this visual memory. That's usually what we talk about when we're saying, I remember. Pictures. All right? Yes, pictures in our minds. Now, we have another memory, another set of memories that are emotional. They have to do with feelings, something that I experienced internally. And typically, we will see that the memory of pictures and the memory of emotions, that they link together. Right. So, you and I were talking a little while ago about, uh, you know, burning your Christmas tree in the fireplace, <laughs> yeah. and it smells like a campfire. I'm burning well, my Christmas tree in the fireplace, <laughs> Snoopy. <laughs> a little at a time. It's not this big place. You know, no, no, no ashes on the ceiling or yeah. anything like that. But, but it generates a smell of, uh -huh. a, of a campfire. Right. And I know you and I share this experience of, oh, when I smell a campfire, I get these good feelings inside yeah. because campfires are associated with lots of good memories. Good memories. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where we say, okay, I can be walking down the street and smell someone burning a Christmas tree and have these warm feelings. But because I have this visual memory, 
I know why I have these feelings because oh yeah, I just remembered this camping trip or that yeah. backpack trip or whatever. I have pictures associated with it. That exactly are like... right, right. And so we say, oh, I have this memory. Now, most of us are well aware of what you and I are talking about. Right. Now, those aren't necessarily always linked. Okay. There are times where I have emotional memories, but I have no visual picture of them. When do they start? That's a good question. Most folks, our visual memory starts somewhere around age three, you know, so when I ask people, okay, tell me your first memory, typically it'll be a story somewhere, you know, three to five, you know. Now, if there's been trauma, a lot of times there's blocked memories, Mm -hmm. and so because the feelings are so bad, I didn't want to feel them, and so, you know, I... Not necessarily consciously, but I just blocked those memories. Um, Sometimes I had really strong feelings about something before age three to five, and I had these emotions, but I don't have a recall of them. You know, it's just an interesting concept that, huh, I can have experiences that I don't have an image for a visual memory, but I do have an emotion about it. And I'm thinking, so if we talk about her little boy, uh, I'm thinking it's very likely that he will have emotional memories that have to do with stability and predictability and, mm. and authority figures and mm. nurturant, you know, um, parental figures that will be confusing or they be unsettling. But it's possibly. just going to be a feeling. He's not going to have pictures associated right. with, like, this is why I feel this way, this person and this experience, whatever, but it's just going to kind of right. come to fruition in, like, a... Feeling. Yes. yes. Interesting. I would just say it's very likely. It's yeah. When all this happened before age two, right. it imprinted on him emotionally. It's very likely that it imprinted in him. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily have a visual memory. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm thinking for him, it probably won't be troubling. You know, right. Who knows? But, right. you know, chances are, you know, this type of stuff tends to surface in late adolescence or midlife or whatever. Right. Where, oh, well, I have this feeling and it doesn't make sense to it. Mm-hmm. I've got a great story for you. Okay. All right? Uh, this is just a good example of it. Um, the gal I saw many, many years ago um, who came to me for uh, diagnosis with generalized anxiety disorder. She okay. had anxiety mm-hmm. and she would just describe herself as, I'm just anxious, mm-hmm. but tired of it. You know, I right. want to. And one of the things that she described was an anxiety surrounding Christmas. And it was just, just an interesting, it was an interesting story. So she was probably midlife, you know, 35 to 45, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, but she had always dreaded Christmas, hmm. the Christmas holidays. But she, her Christmases were all wonderful. Growing up, they were all wonderful. You know, as an adult, they're wonderful. All she knew is, yeah, I just, I just don't like Christmas. It doesn't you know, I just yeah. don't enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, we pursued it a little bit, and we talked a little bit about, you know, things that had happened around Christmas. Nothing merited what she was describing. Like nothing was negative. Yeah, yeah. No, Christmas No, no big happy. deal. You know, sometimes you're a kid and you didn't get the present you wanted, but certainly yeah. didn't, didn't merit that kind of reaction. Anxiety. Right. Now, I don't remember exactly what it was, but during the time we were getting together, she had some conversations that were kind of random, but she started connecting some dots. And the the, the conversations were about, ex- were with extended family members, I think an aunt, a cousin, you know. Yeah. And as they were talking, something occurred to her. One of the things that came up that had never been discussed in her family growing up okay. was she had a grandfather mm-hmm. who was an alcoholic and he was a violent rager. All right, but he lived in another state. Oof. 
She had yeah. no memory. He, she, he died when she was like three, okay. you know, four or whatever. She was okay. very young, never experienced, had no memories of him. And the family didn't talk about him. So this was not something that was discussed, all right? Okay. Now here she is talking to these family members, and they're saying, oh, you know, Grandpa, I remember Grandpa. And the things that came up was he only came from out of state to visit the family once a year. Guess oh, yeah. when? <laughs> right, at Christmas, <laughs> Christmas. time. And um, everybody, all the grown-ups, walked on eggshells around Grandpa, especially when he started drinking. Mm -hmm. Because when he drank, he would get angry right and not unusual for him to be violent you know and so uh what they knew is we got this little girl we watch grandpa carefully and when he starts to drink as soon as that tension comes up we take her shopping we hustle mm. her out of this room so that you know we can manage grandpa wow and everybody who talked to her at this time said no yeah, we, we always did that you were never there. You were never there. So she never actually witnessed his rage. Never witnessed the rage. Had no memory of Grandpa. Uh -huh. But there's a great example of, huh, what like she do? Constant right? tension around Christmas. Exactly. Like nobody is enjoying this. That's right. Wow. This little kid knew what it felt like, wow. but had no visual memory to it. All she knew was... There is danger at Christmas. Right. There is stuff. Yeah. I don't know what it is, wow. but she reads the grown-ups, you know. Oh, my gosh. That gives me goodness <laughs> Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, that gives me goosebumps thinking of, like, right. that is such a subtle thing. Yes. As yes. a kid, she didn't even experience trauma. But just that, like, generalized tension that right. so deeply affected her that in her adult life, she's dealing with this, like, generalized right. anxiety around Christmas. What? And, and doesn't have a clue as to why it was because nobody talked well, yeah, about it. Well, yeah, because it wasn't a it wasn't a memory. It no. wasn't it wasn't a picture in her head. Right. It wasn't like this like oh I don't like Christmas because my alcoholic trauma. grandpa yes. came right. in every year and it was super traumatizing. Right. Like there's nothing there. <laughs> right. But she lived in this mellow, calm family. Mm -hmm. Everybody around her was loving and nurturing. That's mm -hmm. why they hustled her out of there. Right. But with the one time, wow. Things were really scary with no explanation. It was at Christmas time, mm -hmm. right? So anyway, that's just a great example of, huh, what we're impacted with in our emotional memory has to do with things like safety mm -hmm. and and stability and predictability, etc. Right. And so I'm thinking this little boy, he is well loved. He's well cared for. Everybody is attentive to him. Yeah. But they're almost guaranteed there are going to be emotional memories of people come and go. Mm. And I don't know why, because people don't come and go in his life now, you know. Yeah. Now, all of us have things like that. We do. Oh, you know? for sure. It isn't necessarily trauma, but our emotional memory. I mean, my gosh, there are, there are studies that yeah. are, you know, whatever you want to make at them, where they can... I don't know how accurate they are or whatever, they trace emotional memories to in utero, you know, that there are, there are indicators that we may have memories of things that happened outside the womb while we were inside the womb. I don't know, not my area, but that's, it is amazing that we do yeah. imprint. That, yeah. Yeah. And so wow. then I think a principle to remember is there are times where we will have an emotion reaction that... It doesn't make sense to us. Right. And we say, well, why do I feel it doesn't make sense? Then I begin to feel a little crazy. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Maybe I'm schizophrenic. Oh, maybe I'm bipolar. Maybe I'm <laughs> yeah. some or other. You know, yeah. when, well, wait, wait, before we go there, it's often, I, I think it's probably way more common than most of us really 
are aware of mm -hmm. is that, huh, I just don't, I don't remember it. But I'm not crazy. This emotion came from somewhere. Right. It's just not current. It's not a picture in my head. But there's a reason it's there. Yes. That's so interesting because I feel like so many people, like now, don't they say like now more people than ever, like more millennials than ever, like have have anxiety like experience anxiety right right like maybe not more than ever i think we're just talking about it more <laughs> maybe, but maybe but it's really uh, interesting because i feel like everybody at some point or another everybody is too generalized but right. most people yeah <laughs> at some point or another it will experience some kind of feeling that doesn't really click into the situation it doesn't right. really make sense you like you right. feel this anxiety or you feel this unrest or you feel this like uncomfortability when maybe you shouldn't right like you you know it doesn't really fit the context and yes. really Realizing like, oh no, okay, this isn't out of nowhere. I am not crazy. There's a reason this is here. Mm -hmm. Whether I find out what it is or not, okay. But recognizing right. that like there may be an emotional memory in me from something right. I don't remember, whether it was between ages one and three or another time in my life that I just don't right. remember it, but my right. body remembers it, like my soul remembers right. it, right? And it's experiencing it in this moment, and yes. that's okay. Like, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking, so a discussion like this, people that are our, our audience yeah. <laughs> listening to this, understanding this principle doesn't necessarily resolve anything, right. but give a context of maybe lowering the anxiety. If I feel this anxiety and I think I'm crazy, now I'm increasing my anxiety. Right. Rather than, okay, something is here. Whether I ever find out about it or not, who knows? But it's just, now there's lots of reasons for anxiety. Right. In future episodes, we'll spend some more time on anxiety. Yes. Oh, we will go into anxiety. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, right. There's a wealth there. <laughs> but a um, couple of thoughts. So we're talking about one principle, and yeah. that's this, you know, the, the emotional memory. Right. Um, if you find that that's, this is a part of your life, oh, I have these anxieties and I don't understand why, if we just think about that principle of, you know, that emotional memories predate visual memories, right. as well as there are times where we develop emotional memories and it's just not associated with anything memorable, mm -hmm. you know. One thing to do that can actually be very fun, you know, um, is pay attention to some themes in your family. So, for instance, there's... There's a number of principles, again, we'll talk about it on future broadcasts, but the way a family develops, that nuclear family, there are a number of principles and themes that are just very good to watch. And one is what we call a family identity, yeah. meaning that a family has a personality that's very separate from the individual personalities of the of the people, you right. know, and that has to do with family unity and cohesiveness. And again, we can talk about that later, but the better I can define that identity, the more I can understand some of these strange emotions that come through me. Same thing with their principles of what we call unwritten family rules, mm -hmm. principles our family operates on that never occurred to anybody to talk about. We never discussed them, but but we live by them. And so then the issues of what's right and what's wrong and what's good and what's bad may not be something that I I can put into words. I just know you just it. Know it's it. Just, right. And a lot of times those come out when you're first married. Right. I was gonna say when you're in a relationship with I'm literally thinking about that right now, like yes. yep. Yep. This is what happens. <laughs> yeah. Because what I find is uh, in in my marital therapy, in the first couple of years of marriage, the um 
the triggers, you know, that, that initiate conflict, the vast majority of them revolve around this very principle. These unwritten rules. That unwritten you rules, unspoken with. things, yeah, this because right, they're different than what you were raised with. Right, yeah. And they come to clash. Oof. But we take them in as assumptions mm. as to how the world works. Mm-hmm. And so those assumptions become the of course in my life. Nobody does that. Everybody oh does gosh. that. You must be crazy because right. the world doesn't operate. That I'm ready way. to take this podcast in a whole different direction because <laughs> yeah, I want to go down this rabbit hole. I want to go down this rabbit it's hole. It's a very so deep hole. Yeah. <laughs> but we will. Okay. We will do that. But okay. but so my suggestion for folks, if they're curious about that, is when you get together for a family gathering, let's mm-hmm. say Christmas, Fourth of July, whatever. Right. Um, take a step back and just watch how the family operates, you know, because it's not good or bad or right or wrong. We're not talking about, you know, abuse or anything like that. But there are themes and patterns that if you can stay a little outside of the family, Mm -hmm. you can observe them. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, one of the principles is every family has family stories, you know. And they're interesting because when the family gathers, they, um, they tell these stories. And typically they end in laughter. The, the family laughs. Oh, remember the time, you know, dad did this or little Joey did this, etc. Now, the laughter is interesting because this story has been told hundreds of times. Right. And it may very well be that it's not particularly funny, but everybody laughs. Mm-hmm. And so me as an outsider, I laugh because the family is laughing. I don't laugh because it's... A comedy. If you'd laugh because it would be awkward if you didn't. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. And, and I'm identifying with this family that's enjoying that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But what's happening is what we are doing in those stories, we're expressing this family identity, this mm-hmm. cohesiveness that we have that we enjoy so much. We are the family who does this. We're the family whose father did this, etc. Mm-hmm. Now, in those stories, watch for themes. Watch for patterns. Are they about escape? You know, are they about success? Are they about futility and frustration? Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are patterns and themes that talk about, they describe our family identity that it never occurs to us to give a name to or give a label to. Yeah. But that family identity has impacted my emotional memories. Mm-hmm. And I will have triggers in me that come from those kind of patterns. And so, you know, when uh goes to therapy when he's, 25 or 45 or whatever, uh, it may very well be that he will have these feelings that he doesn't understand that have to do with stability and and transitions and and, uh, permanence of relationships, those kind of things Mm -hmm. that come from a situation that wasn't abusive, it wasn't bad, he was a very beloved little boy, but there's this theme in his very early life that... Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I don't 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 put your weight on a relationship because it goes away mm. very possibly. Right. That may generate a sense of anxiety that he has no context for in his adult right. life. Which is, I feel like that happens to a lot of adopted kids, right? Yes, because of that absolutely. When yes, bef- before any of their cognitive memories or right. any of their visual memories, right? That and that's right. t- very very normal for adopted right. kids, right? Absolutely. The, the thing with adopted kids is typically, at least these days, they know they're adopted. Right. You know, it was told so even if they're adopted as an infant they have no memory they were told but they're you know, so they're kind of prepared for that exactly and parents are prepared for it too right exactly now. right but and they have a context right so they say oh that's because i was adopted okay. oh that's because i don't know who my biological parents are etc right. and often for adopted kids they reach you know adulthood and there is this longing mm-hmm. to find mom mm-hmm. you know which it makes lots of sense mm-hmm. but it has to do with kind of confirming or 
finding some stability in this emotional sense of the world's not a stable place. Mm -hmm. If I knew my mom, you know, if I just found my dad, etc. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. But it's this principle we're talking about that it is in all of us. It it may be more observable in some. We may be more aware of it. But mm-hmm. but anyway, in terms of un- unearthing it, if people are curious, yeah, to begin looking at that family and how it interacts and what does it say. Wow. Not to be critical, you know, no, but just, just to I'm, discovery. It's like an adventure. Right. That's yeah. interesting. That's really that's interesting that you bring that up because I feel like obviously this is something that affects all of us because we were all right. were one to three. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We all have this kind of like emotional memory bank that isn't connected to our visual memories that we can pull out of our little files, right? And just like be like, oh yeah, I remember this. So we all have this like emotional memory bank that's going to resurface at some point or another if it hasn't already, right? right? Because we live with it, probably. I know mine. I live with that. (laughs) I'm very aware of of my my emotional memory bank that is torturous. But, uh-huh. like, we're all affected by it, right? right. Like, we, whether we know it or not, and now hopefully you know it, yes. <laughs> you're affected by it, <laughs> whether you know it or not. But uh-huh. having that having that context is so interesting. And then also being like, you know, again, it's ne- it doesn't necessarily mean there's closure or you need to fix it. Right. But just taking kind of more passive approach, not necessarily like, oh, I have this these anxieties that surface around these situations. I need right. to go to therapy. Right. Great. Go to therapy. Everybody <laughs> should go to therapy. Yeah, right. But also having this uh-huh. passive option of of like just start like when you you recognize it and just start observing right like just start observing like you'll probably end up going to therapy because you'll be so curious about it you'll be like oh my gosh I get it I need to talk to somebody but in the meantime like having that like more just like awareness of your surroundings and your families and your family of origin right and just kind of starting to like put a few puzzle pieces together of like oh my gosh, this is why I identify this way. This is why I feel this way about this. This is why, just like educating yourself on yourself. Right. That's so interesting. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's a lot more here. We yeah. will, we will, we'll do more of this. Oh my gosh. There's lots of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I have Very a rabbit fun. hole I want to go down. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's going to be so good. Take notes. We'll do it again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. great. No, this has been great. And so hopefully it's helpful for our audience at least to maybe put some puzzle pieces together and realize yeah, this doesn't mean I'm crazy. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think that's huge right. for me, too, because I feel like that's something I've felt in my life so many times with anxiety, right? Yeah. Like, it right. feels displaced. It feels like, right. especially in, like, social anxiety, like, social situations, why do I feel, I love people. Yeah. Why do I feel this overwhelming social anxiety to the point of, like, I need right. to barf and leave, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> right. why do I feel this uh, way? Right. Like, just so displaced. Yeah. And rec- that's... Yeah, oh my gosh, just great. recognizing it's not because I'm crazy. Right. It's because something is in me. Right. Okay. Right. You know, like da da da. And it but, may create a, a real fun adventure to chase it down. Figure it out. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Oh, very cool. good. Okay. Great. Well, good. thank you guys. Uh, I hope that was helpful. <laughs> it was fun for us. Yeah, that we was, had a ball. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. That was good. We'll see yeah. you guys next time. See you next time. Thanks. Thanks.